Good morning and welcome again. We're grateful for your presence today. If you are visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're always glad to have visitors with us, and we've had a number of visitors that have decided to make this their church home, and for that we're very, very grateful. And it may be that you're looking for a church home, and so we want to extend to you an invitation to come and to be a part of the work here at Olive Branch. I think it's a great church, and we have a great church because we have great people. We're not perfect, but we're trying to the best of our ability to live as New Testament Christians. Today we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, at verse 4, the passage that was read just a moment ago. Listen again to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Today I want us to think for a minute or two about living the dream. If someone were to ask you, what, what, would, you, what would you say is a dream lifestyle? How would you respond? There are a lot of people in our world today if they were asked this question, would no doubt think about living in some beautiful place, maybe having some particular type of profession. There are a lot of things that people might respond by saying, if questioned, what would you consider to be a dream lifestyle? I want to submit today that it's my conviction the dream life, the dream lifestyle is the Christian life. I don't know if you've ever asked Jared how you're doing, but if you do, sometimes you'll hear him say, I'm living the dream. Listen, if you're a Christian, you are living the dream. It is a dream lifestyle. And I want to tell you why I believe, as a New Testament Christian, we are living the dream. And there are really three reasons, and I believe that these are three profound reasons why Christianity is a dream lifestyle. Now, there are a lot of people in our world, they don't understand that. And many times they're looking in all the wrong places, and they are looking at all the wrong things to make up what they would consider to be the dream lifestyle. Let me tell you, you want to live the dream, it's possible. Let me just begin by saying, if you want to live the dream, you need to understand the blessings of being saved by the Lord. There is a lot to be said. There is a tremendous amount to be said when it comes to the blessings of just being saved from sin, enjoying pardon. Did you know that as a Christian, we enjoy forgiveness by the Lord? We are assured of forgiveness. Look at all the people in our world today that, that are trying to self-medicate 
guilt. There are a lot of folks in our world today, they are literally eaten up by guilt. And there are some people that feel as if they are unworthy of forgiveness. None of us are worthy, but because of the infinite love of Almighty God, we have the opportunity to enjoy the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To know that we have the assurance that we can be in a saved relationship with the Lord. Do you remember Pentecost Day? There were multitudes of people in the city of Jerusalem, and Peter preached the first gospel sermon. And that lesson resonated in the hearts and lives of many of those people because they cried out to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Verse 41 tells us that some 3,000 people obeyed the gospel on that day. Verse 47 says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here were people that had obeyed the gospel and enjoyed the blessings of forgiveness. When Paul recounted his conversion to Christ, and Paul had made havoc of the church, he was a church wrecker. He was antagonistic towards Christianity, and he did everything within his power to destroy Christianity. He said that when Ananias approached him, he said, Why do you tarry? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. To know that I can be forgiven, that I can be in a safe relationship with Almighty God, that is living the dream. To know that I don't have to turn to alcohol, to drugs, that I don't have to turn to materialism to somehow satisfy this void in my life and to somehow self-medicate this guilt but that I can be forgiven by the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. And then to know that there is assurance for me that I can be forgiven as a child of God when I falter in life. I said a minute ago that as members of the church here, we are not perfect. None of us claims to be perfect. But we know that if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of his son Jesus Christ is constantly cleansing us from all sin, according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. To know that, look, I may mess up. I may not be what I ought to be. But there are provisions for me that when I do mess up, God will forgive me. I think about the old saying, one and done. There are some folks that have the idea if they ever mess up, they're out the door. Listen. Here's what John said in 1 John chapter 2. My little sin, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. But he said, if any man sins, let him know he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What if I fall? What if I succumb to temptation? Well, John said, look, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to think about this for a minute. We talk about forgiveness. 
And sometimes one of the most difficult things to do is to forgive ourselves. There are a lot of folks in the world today, they read what God has said in his word, but they have difficulty letting go. And they constantly beat themselves up over what they did or what they said or where they've been. Listen, if you would, to what the Hebrew writer said. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. To know that we can be forgiven, that our past is in the past. Listen, it's not what you were, it's what you are. Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at his life prior to Christianity and after Christianity. There was a tremendous change. And so Paul could forge ahead. We talk about living the dream. I'm here to tell you there is no greater dream than to know that your sins are forgiven, to be in a saved relationship. There's a second thing I would call attention to, and that is we are strengthened by the Lord. Not only are we saved by the Lord, but we are strengthened by the Lord. Now, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. Do you not think that the taproot of joy in the life of a Christian is to know that he or she is saved? And then to know that there is strength in the Lord? Let me just talk to you for just a minute or two about some of the great blessings that we enjoy in Christ. First of all, we have the presence of the Lord in our lives. I have the assurance that the Lord is always with me. Wherever I go, whatever I do, God is there. Listen, at, listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 at verse 5. He said, let your gentleness, graciousness be known to all. And then he said, the Lord is at hand. I think what he's saying there is that the Lord is by our side. Do you remember what the Hebrew writer said in chapter 13 on behalf of God? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? When we go through life and when we face trials and tribulations and struggles and ups and downs, isn't it comforting to know that God is with us? that we have the presence of the Lord in our lives. Look, I don't, have to, I don't have to just solo this life alone, but I have the Lord at my side. Not only do I have the presence of the Lord, but I have the people of the Lord with me. There's a lot to be said for having people that are described by Peter as of like faith. And to know that we're in this thing together, that we are a family. We belong to the family of God. When you become a Christian, you are automatically ushered into the family of the living God. The Bible talks about how God is our Father and that we are His children. In 1 John chapter 3, John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of the children of God. So we have God as our Father, and then we have brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what family does? They stand by one another. Look, if you would, drop down and look at Philippians chapter 4, and note verse 10. 
Paul said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care. That is a tremendous statement about the saints in Philippi. They cared for the apostle Paul. They cared for one another. Is it not the case that we have people that care for one another? This past week, the Borans suffered the loss of everything they owned, materially speaking. And the church came to their rescue. Why? Because we're family. Paul said we weep with those that weep, we rejoice with those that rejoice. He would say in Galatians chapter 6 at verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're here for one another. We're not perfect. Sometimes we may fall short in standing by one another, but we're striving to be there for one another. There are folks in this church, I know if I called and said I need something, I promise you they'd do whatever they could to meet that need. That's family. So we have the people of God at our side. We talk about being strengthened to know that we have the presence of the Lord and we have the people of the Lord on our side. And then there's a third thing that we enjoy and that is prayer to the Lord. What about anxiety and adversity, trial and tribulation, temptation? Do you face those things? Do you ever find yourself covered up with anxiety and worry in life? Listen to what Paul said, in nothing be anxious. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said it three times. Jesus said, do not worry. Three times. As a matter of fact, in that same context, he asked the question, why do you worry? Paul said, in nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now we talk about being strengthened by God, to know that Jehovah God is listening to me when I turn to him in prayer. Paul said in verse 7, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. To know that I have the Lord guarding my heart and that he is helping me with the anxieties and the worries and adversities that I face in this life. The psalmist in Psalm 55 said, cast your burden on the Lord. You know what the promise was in the long ago? And he will sustain you. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Let me tell you what. That strength to know that I have an almighty God who listens to me when I approach him in, in prayer. I could get up in, at three in the morning and God will listen to my prayers. I could spend the night in prayer to God and he'll listen to me. God wants me to pray to him. And God hears my prayers and he answers them in accordance with his will. And then I think about the power of the Lord in verse 13, Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is it that gets me through life? When, when I face the joys and frustrations, the highs, the lows, the good times, the bad times, is it not the case that the Lord will give me the strength to make it day by day? 
Do you remember the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? He said in the long ago that there had been given unto him a thorn in the flesh. He described it as a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he said, three times I besought the Lord to remove that thorn in the flesh. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. I think Paul came to understand that God is there in difficult times. And that when we feel our weakest, he's there to support us, to strengthen us. Paul would go on to say that it's in weakness that we're made strong. I want to tell you, living the Christian life is living the dream. I know there are a lot of people in our world today, they think a dream life would, would consist of living in some mansion, in some beautiful tropical paradise, or maybe out in the woods somewhere. There are some folks that they, they have in mind that a dream life would be to have some particular profession that they've always wanted in life. There are some that would say a dream life would be about having power. Listen to me. None of those things will truly satisfy you in life. I promise you. There is a void in life. And that void in life cannot be filled with things. It can't be filled by power, prestige, prosperity, pleasure. None of those things will give you a dream life. I can promise you that. But if you live a Christian life, you'll live a dream life. There's a third thing that I want you to think about with me for just a minute or two. And that is living the Christian life is living the dream because we are secure in the Lord. I want to ask you a question. How secure are you in this life? Many of us, we go to great lengths to secure what we have in this life. And there's nothing wrong with that. We would be foolish not to do that. We lock down our material possessions. We put our money in banks that are protected by the FDIC. We try to make prudent decisions in this life. But when it's all said and done, there is no foolproof. In other words, at best, we're still insecure when it comes to the material side of life and the frailties of life. But there is a spiritual dimension to life wherein we can find security, absolute security. Let me just mention a couple of things very quickly. When I think about the security that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about the great provisions that have been showered upon us. 
Let me just cite for you what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 at verse 3. He speaks of some fellow laborers. And he said their names are in the book of life. You want to talk about a blessing? To know that your name, my name, has been recorded in the Lamb's book of life? In Luke chapter 10 at verse 20, Jesus said, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. To know that my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. That I have that good fortune. That I can know that God has recorded my name in his divine book, in that heavenly register. And then I think about the promises associated with being in the book of life. To know that I have a great future before me. That future is called heaven. Let me tell you what. What are the incentives of living a Christian life? Well, to know I'm saved. To know that I have strength for daily living. But to know that I am secure in my relationship to the Lord. That if I live as God would have me to live, if I'm striving to live a faithful life, that one day I'll enjoy the blessings of favors of Almighty God in heaven. When people try to sell you something, what do they do? They try to show you the strengths of that product. They show you the benefits of it. They say, this is what you need and this is why you need it. What is, what is a great selling point of Christianity? Heaven. To know that we are heaven bound. Peter said that it is a place, incorruptible, undefiled. He said it's reserved in heaven for you. It fades not away. Here's what Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So I can know, number one, that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. That on that great and final day, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, are going to be in heaven. And I'm going to be before the throne. And as John said, the books are going to be opened. Another book, he said, is going to be opened, which is the book of life. And the Lord can read my name in that book. And I can hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in our world. A lot of negative things. Many of us concerned about the direction of our country, problems with the home, problems in our schools. I mean, our world is covered up with problems. And so many people are trying to find the dream life in a place or in something that's not a dream life at all. But I can tell you right now, you want to live the dream, be a New Testament Christian. Why do you think Paul could say, rejoice in the Lord, always? Again, Paul said, I will say rejoice. You know where Paul was when he wrote that passage? Paul was in prison. Paul was in a Roman prison cell. 
And here he is writing to people that are in Christ, and he's saying, look, you rejoice in the Lord. You rejoice in your relationship to Almighty God. Let me tell you, that is living the dream. Man, we've got a great message to sell in our world today. I'm telling you, we have a message that people need to hear. The problem is, we keep it to ourselves. We have the greatest message known to man. There are a lot of folks in this community, in this state, in this nation, in our world. They want a better life. Let me tell you where that better life is. It's in Christ. This book right here, it tells all about how to live the dream. I want to ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your life? Are you happy? You satisfied? Are you living the dream? Is your life where you thought it would be at this point in time? Ten years from now, if the Lord allows you to live, where will you be? What will you be doing? You think you'll be happy? You think you'll be satisfied? You think you'll be content? You think you'll be living the dream? If you're in Christ, I don't care where you are, I don't care what you're doing, you'll be living the dream because you're living for the Lord. Day in, day out, good times, bad times, highs, lows, joys, frustrations, come what may, Christianity is the best possible way to live bar none. I promise you that. That's why we try to get people to become New Testament Christians. Because it will make a difference in your life. I would hope and pray that you've seen people, if you're not a Christian, you've seen people that are in Christ, you see their joy, you see their happiness, you see the relationship that they enjoy with the Lord and with one another. And when you look at what they have, your thought is, what they have, I want. We need to make Christianity contagious. We need to live it in such a way so that when people see us, they see Christ living in us, and they say, whatever they have, I want. Why? Because they see us as people who are living the dream. And here's the beauty of living the dream. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what your race, your nationality, your education, your economic standing. It doesn't matter. All that matters is a willingness to do what Jesus said. Believe on him. Believe that he's the son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. John 8, 24. Jesus said, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you cannot come. And then repent, turn from a life of sin. Simply get out of the sinning business. Are you going to be perfect? No. But you're going to try your best to do what's right. You're going to try to walk in the light. And then to confess with your mouth that you believe Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible says that at that point you're ready to be baptized into Christ and the reason you're baptized or immersed in a watery grave of baptism is so that all your sins can be washed away. And you'll enjoy the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. And then if you live faithfully until death, the promise is the victor's crown. Maybe you're here today and you're a child of God, but you know somehow, somewhere, sometime, 
your life got off track. The beauty is you can get back on track. And the great blessing is God wants you back on track because God loves you. Here's what you need to do. You need to repent. Not easy, but give up that old way of life. You've gone back into the world. It's time to come back home. Come back. Enjoy the blessings of salvation. Enjoy the strength that only the Lord can give you. Enjoy the security that only you can have in Christ. John said in the long ago, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God stands ready to forgive you. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. And God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing?